0: Welcome to the Fantasy Hangover, a weekly fantasy football podcast. You can download us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Also, head over to KnockedOutEntertainment.com for some other great podcasting and content. We're your hosts. I'm Shane. I'm Carl. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Now pop some Advil and grab your Gatorades. It's time for your Fantasy Hangover.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good night, or whenever you're listening. And welcome back to the uh Fantasy Hangover. Uh as you can hear, it's Carl's voice again. Uh Shane once again fell down a well, and fun fact, it's the same one he fell down last week.
0: Let's just hope that Beagle can come by this time and save him again. Yeah, I don't know.
1: We'll we'll see. Maybe he'll pop back in towards the end of the podcast, but uh you know, I'm not going to hold my breath. Um you will also notice that we will be without uh, our, our 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 glue. Uh Chris is not here. Um, unfortunately, he had a uh, catastrophic meal prep accident. Um, a knife went somewhere that it shouldn't have gone, and he is going to be missing this week. um Jason, Pierre, Paul, and him can be able are going to be able to high three after tonight, though. So we oh, is that a bad joke? Is that the bad? Is that all, no? You know, Carl, I've heard worse. Thumbs up. High oh. five.
0: Pound it. There you go. All right. So after that, uh, let's just uh, lead straight into the quick outs. All right, so uh, I will be reading the quick outs this week. Starting up, we have Brian Cushing getting suspended for ten games uh, for PED use. This is his second time, correct? Second time. The first time, fun fact, was actually in his rookie year where he won Rookie of the Year, and then after he got he got, he tested positive, they did a revote, and he still won Rookie of the Year after the revote. So I guess he had a pretty good rookie season. Yeah. Um, Tom Savage was benched after all of two quarters for Deshaun Watson. And I just want to bring up that I remember last week, I wanted to bring up that Dwayne Brown was not going to be playing week one. And you guys are like, that's not fantasy relevant. Well, Calais Campbell with three and a half sacks in the first half. And Jacksonville with 10 sacks total.
1: Which is a, it was a Jacksonville yeah. record. Um, I'm not sure if it's an NFL record, but
0: that's an insane amount of sacks yep. in one game. They had six sacks in the first first half before Tom Savage got benched. And then they sacked uh, Deshaun Watson four more times after the benching. Um, moving on here, we've got a bunch of names that went on to IR. Um, some of them have potential to come back later in the season. Some of them don't. Uh, Kevin White, he is done for the year. Eric Berry, peace. he is done for the year. Rest in peace. Uh, D- D- or David Johnson, he is expected back at m- probably hoping at Best by Christmas, according to Bruce Arians. So if you have him, if you have an IR spot, stash him on your IR. If you don't, you have to make a potentially season-altering decision right now to trade him to someone who thinks that they'll make the playoffs or to cut him. Um yeah, it's it's not a pretty picture.
1: Um there are talks that he may make it back around Thanksgiving, but even so that's still, you know, at the very end of the fantasy football season that's getting right into playoff time. It's it if you think your team is strong without him or if you if you have him and you think your team is strong without him still I mean, keep him there and, you know, have him carry you to the
0: playoff promised land But worst case scenario You don't get him back for the rest of the year I mean that's the worst case scenario mm-hmm. Best case scenario Is he comes back you know before Christmas Let's say week 10 Because right now it's it's an 8 week minimum So he's going to be out till at least week 10 mm-hmm. And then he comes back And he balls out for you for a few weeks I mean that's the, that's the best case scenario That would be a really good case scenario For a,
1: a lot of people out there But
0: yeah um, the starting tight end for the Houston Texans, CJ Fedorowitz, a man who is close to Carl's heart, Very. um, apparently got his brain scrambled worse than that spice channel you couldn't get as a kid because <sighs> they put him on IR for a concussion, uh, which I, I have never heard of a guy going to IR for a concussion within a couple days of having the concussion. So that's new to me. Um, Allen Robinson is also headed also headed to IR this week, so Blake Borles will have one less target to not be able to throw the ball to. Yeah. Um, on the C.J. Fedorowicz um, news, um,
1: the move came after Fedorowicz suffered two concussions in a short period oh, of time. Oh, okay. Because so, he suffered one late in uh, training camp, and so they essentially were, you know... He Jordan Cameron it. A little bit, yeah. And so they're um, just making sure that he actually gets fully healed. Okay then that, this that makes more sense. a stronger issue later
0: down the line, which I mean, that's I'm, fair.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's a guy's health. It's it's I, I 100% get that. Absolutely. Um, Not and right. the last one, he isn't headed to IR, but another man close to Carl's heart, Danny Woodhead is out for the next four to six weeks with, I believe it was a knee injury or a knee yeah. sprain it or was, something like that. It was a
1: knee sprain or a hamstring. I can't remember. Yeah. It, but, um, um, so he's going to be off the field for a little bit. Um, he, and we, I
0: loved him in PPR. Mm-hmm formats and and he was, had a great start to the game i think he had like four catches in the or three or four catches in the first half yeah he, he was looking great yeah after
1: you know missing all
0: of last year but unfortunately this is a guy who has a history of knee injuries he's 32 33 years old i mean he's not getting younger right um a couple more things here uh now that we're done with what was the week one slaughter of players um <laughs> cj Noke uh was brought back to the arizona uh cardinals this week after david johnson goes to ir um right now it's looking like it's going to be a committee and it's you're going to have to wait to see what happens cuz kerwin williams was named the starter but it's it's going to be ugly in arizona i think this year it's it's not going to be good yeah this could be a, just a repeat of last year
1: um it's i mean david johnson's kind of that the heart of that offense and it's a very old offense right now
0: the offense literally ran through him last year
1: yeah, literally. So it's, I mean, we'll see if, you know, Kerwin, Kerwin Williams and uh, Andre Ellington can do anything with CJ
0: one point head of 2K. Yeah. <laughs> um, last couple of bits of news here. Aaron Donald returns to the Rams starting lineup this week. Um, so you saw all what they all did to the Colts last week. Uh, imagine putting the best defensive lineman, probably in the NFL, back into the starting lineup now, along with that team. Mm. It's their defense is just going to get better. Plus, I didn't know that Wade Phillips took over their defense. Yep. Which that kind of surprised me and made a lot of sense why they did what they did to Indianapolis last week. I mean, it doesn't hurt or it doesn't help that they were facing Scott Tolzien,
1: correct? Who, oh man, I threw a pick six. Pick six. It would suck if I did it
0: again. again. Okay, Matt Schaub. um and then the last piece of news before i offer a personal opinion the giants are optimistic on odell beckham playing on monday night so that is good to know if he starts you play him i mean that's without a question i don't care what the matchup is if he starts you play him yeah and if he doesn't start and you do have like sterling
1: i would strongly suggest especially in ppr if you have sterling shepherd sterling shepherd's a strong play if odell doesn't play Beckham does play, you you play him without any hesitation.
0: Yep, and we'll get to the other piece of that receiving party in a minute here. Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> um, but now time for my personal opinion. Without Andrew Luck, the Colts rival the Jets as, Jets as the worst team in the NFL. Ooh. I mean... Carl, look, look, look what the... What was it? The 2-14 and 14 Rams from last year, or 3-13? and 13? Look what they did to Indianapolis last week.
1: Yeah, one. I mean, you... you there is argue.
0: literally no threat. Dante Moncrief, have, Moncrief had one catch for 50 yards. T.Y. Hilton had three catches for 57 yards or something like that. Gore got 10 total carries. Graham Marlin Mack had two touchdowns, but that was already when they were down by five. Right. It's just, it. it's not good. I mean... I,
1: it's hard to say that they're on Jets level with I mean without Andrew Luck they are definitely struggling. Um, I honestly I think that Saint, or excuse me Los Angeles is uh, not which saying, Los Angeles the Rams are actually a much improved team. Oh yeah, and so I don't know that it necessarily. I mean I think Indianapolis lost to a better team than people think that they lost to.
0: Do you think what happened to Scott Tolzien would have happened to Andrew Luck? Though? Oh no! Okay, so that's that. That's where oh, I'm no, getting yeah. at is without Luck, they they, in my opinion, they are probably one of the worst teams in the NFL.
1: Right? I think that happens with most teams if they lose their you know, yeah franchise quarterback. Though I would but. agree.
0: Alright, all right. so now Carl is going to lead us into a review of our suds and duds from week one.
1: Yes, so for those of you that uh, listened to our podcast from last week, we went through our suds and duds for the week, who we thought were going to be you know studs for the week, and who we thought were going to kind of crap the bed. Um, we'll start with someone who can't defend themselves, because we're going to just rip into them a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Chris... His uh sud was Larry Fitzgerald, which wasn't a bad play. It was uh, middle of the road. It was middle of the road. He had six receptions for seventy four yards, uh didn't score a touchdown. The offense after David Johnson Yeah, they it sort of petered out. The bigger thing was he had a uh his He had dud. a certain rookie as a, a dud. He had a rookie as a dud and um he is that rookie set a record, by the way. <laughs> yes he did. <laughs> That
0: rookie looked very impressive. That rookie looked like he's been in the league for five years. That offense looked impressive. Yes, that offense was very impressive, but, especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but
1: uh, Chris has a since apologized and said, you know, he, you know, he he's going to stand by his decision, but you know, he knows he was wrong. He knows he was wrong. Um, that dud was Cream Hunt, who, um, yeah, two hundred
0: and forty three yards, all purpose yards, and three touchdowns
1: yeah he in most formats he scored over 40 points in over 40 fantasy points in one game
0: against a good against a bill belichick led team i mean that's and that was after fumbling on his first carry he should have had 45 he should have (laughs) yeah I forgot he about that points for fumbling on his first carry. And that was a guy who had, I think two fumbles in his entire college career and 700 touches. Yeah. And he fumbles on his first NFL carry. And you're like, Oh great. Here it goes. We'll chalk it up to nerves. We'll talk. Yeah. Jitters. Yeah. First game jitters, but fantastic week by, uh, or you want, damn it, Chris, I keep wanting to call him Alvin Kamara. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kareem Hunt. <laughs> uh, fa- kudos to you, man. G- great week.
1: Yes. Um, So moving on, I will share my, so my suds and duds from last week. Um, My, I thought my sud was going to be Brandon Marshall. Um, His one catch for 10 yards did not pan
0: out. Yeah. Four, four targets, one catch, 10 yards. The whole team, honestly, the whole, the whole passing game from each team in that game was garbage. I mean, Dak at one point was 11 of 22 or 23. I mean, It was just, it was not a good first game. It wasn't a good first week for fantasy.
1: Yeah, it wasn't real great. And then uh, my dud was the entire New York Jets team. Which, (laughs) Um, fair.
0: Which, yeah, I mean, they... They put up, like, I think 12 points, which is probably the most they'll put up
1: all season. Yeah, that's about right. Um, So I wasn't wrong, but that was kind of a cop-out
0: on my part. eh, But on that note, did you see the potential pick six that got lost? With the jets in the oh Bulls, yeah, where they he, tackled themselves he, he, Eric Wood literally threw the other jets defender into the guy that was running back the interception. Jets are in midseason form <laughs> tackling each other. It's great. <laughs> Um, Zach,
1: should we go over your suds and duds from last week?
0: Sure. Um, I know for a fact I hit on my dud, which yes. was Alshon Jeffrey. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe it was somewhere around 50 yards that he got held to. Yeah, I mean, he was being
1: shadowed by Josh Norman, which... Yep.
0: I mean, it was fair. Yeah. And the Eagles, uh, they, 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 I mean, not, nobody really did it a lot, except for Zach Ertz, um, which I thought he had a really good game. Eight catches for like 93 yards, something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I definitely hit on him, and I believe that I, in, for in fact, missed on my stud. Oh, yeah. Or, sorry, missed on my stud, because my stud was Le'Veon Bell, who was losing touches to James Conner, which was weird, but that probably more has to do with the fact that he wasn't in training camp at all. They wanted to make sure that he was healthy, you know, didn't hurt himself too much, didn't want to give him a big workload, and the Pittsburgh Steelers just relied on their defense to win that game. I mean, T.J. Watt. Had seven tackles, two sacks, and a pick. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a great debut game. This was a big, big year for the – for debut rookie – rookie debuts. Um, but, yeah, I missed some Bell. It, it happens. Yep. I mean, to be fair, that's a pretty, usually a pretty safe bet to yeah.
1: bet on Bell and
0: just this week. It just, and against the Browns, that's usually a pretty safe bet too.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, going on to Shane's Suggs and Duds, um, his – Sud was Melvin Gordon Who ended up with 18 rushes for 54 yards So he only averaged 3 yards a carry um, Receiving wise He did have 5 receptions For 25 yards And a touchdown I mean that's good For double digit points In most leagues Yep uh, Most all leagues So I mean He wasn't Bad by any means I wouldn't say That he was Out of, you know, out of this world Yeah but, I mean he was definitely A good If you had him And you started him You weren't disappointed Yeah
0: I mean he, I'm, I'm pretty sure He finished the week As a top 5 running back Mm-hmm.
1: And then his dud was Joe Mixon, which apparently just the entire Cincinnati
0: Bengals team oh, was a dud. God. Oh, I can't believe that, they got shut out. That red rifle is firing blanks. Yeah, that was uh, that was not pretty. No, anybody who started Andy Dalton last week, hoping you know to, for him to return to his form from a couple years ago, you were sadly mistaken. Yeah, he had negative points. He had five turnovers in the game. That's four picks. One fumble. And he hit, what, 80 yards passing? Did he even hit 100? I don't think... I don't have the numbers in front of me right this second. I'm going to look that up quick while uh, you lead us into what we are going to be talking about next, Carl. Okay, doke. So, since we
1: have reviewed last week's Suds and Duds, we should... Uh... We don't have an actual topic, so I just cracked a beer. <laughs> um, no, we're um, doing a preview for Suds and Duds for week two. Um, so let's... Do you mind if I just start Go ahead. with mine? Alright, so my suds and duds this week. My sud is going to be Cameron Brate tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the reason I'm picking Cameron Brait is because the Buccaneers are starting the year off at home against the Chicago Bears. Um, the Bears gave up... Granted, only on two catches... But they gave up monster yards to Austin Hooper. And that defense shows that they are very good at covering the number one receiver in, my, like, in Julio Jones last week. And this week they're going to be focusing on Mike Evans. And so I think that not only Cameron Braid, but also I think Deshaun Jackson could also have a big game. Um, Cameron Brait's more of a receiving threat than Austin Hooper, in my opinion.
0: Um, that could be comfortability with the quarterback, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, Austin
0: Hooper is entering his second year and wasn't really targeted much in the, the Because Yeah, because he wasn't the starting tight end last year, where Cameron Bray was the starting tight end and had a top-five fantasy season. Exactly, so he has that rapport. Yep.
1: And I think that going against the Bears, a little bit of a new-look Bears defense, that they spent a lot of money on the secondary, but it
0: didn't do much last week against Matt Ryan. Well... It there was really only a couple of busted plays. Otherwise, they they held Matt Ryan in check. Yeah. If you take away that eighty-yard, the eighty-eight-yard catch by Austin Hooper, I mean Matt Ryan's under two hundred and forty yards. No. No. What did he finish with? He finished with three twenty-one. Eighty yards would be under under
1: two forty. Oh, you're right. Yep, math is hard. (laughs) I'm um. So anyway, I'm going.
0: I mean, but no, I, I definitely do think it's a solid pick. Um, and especially a guy who's coming out, you don't you don't know what the Bucks' offense is going to look like because they didn't get to play week one. Exactly. Thanks, Irma. Um, and then moving on to my
1: dud for the week, I'm going with Sammy Watkins, who wasn't exactly a stud last week.
0: He got out-targeted by Cooper Cup and his Robin, a.k.a. Robert Woods. Robert Woods.
1: Um, I think more of that kinda continues this week, especially because I I still think they're facing the Redskins. I think Josh Norman yeah. yeah, still targets the number one guy who is Sammy Watkins. But I think you know, I think Cooper Cup has another good day.
0: Yeah. Um I Robert, could easily see
1: him having another good day. I mean Cooper Cup did help Jared Goff to not only his first victory, but his first three hundred yard passing game of his career. So yeah, good, good claps for Jared Goff. Congratulations on your first 300-yard game. Uh, The dude that was drafted after you got his fifth last week, so uh, got some catching up
0: to do. Uh, Zach, do you want to go over your suds and duds? Sure. Um, So, Actually, my sud and my dud are both going to be from the same game here. Uh, My sud is going to be actually Zach Ertz for the week. Um, Continuing with the tight end theme. And if there's one reason why he is going to be my sud, it's The loss of Eric Berry um, To the Kansas City Chiefs defense Last week Rob Gronkowski got held to Three catches for I think around 40 or 50 yards Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that Was due to Eric Berry. Eric Berry went down Late in the fourth quarter with a torn Achilles He's done for the year The Chiefs are They have have one solid corner with Marcus Peters. They have Okay other back End defenders but I think That Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz are Going to have a pretty good day together and that leads into my dud with, a, once again, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, starting back into the year with a really poor schedule. I mean, the first week he gets Josh Norman. Second week he gets Marcus Peters. And Marcus Peters is athletic enough to keep up with the big-bodied Jeffrey. And, I mean, he'll win those jump balls if uh, Carson Wentz dares to test him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would not surprise me if, if uh, Peters has a pick this week. Oh, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking around the same kind of game, maybe three, four catches, fifty, sixty yards, and that's you know in PPR that's not horrible for a flex, but, but he's for not what? your flex,
1: right? I'll, if you drafted Alshon Jeffery, you drafted him to be your number one or number two receiver,
0: like I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, have
1: suffered for it. Yeah, it's been a rough. I say it's been a rough year. It's been one week, but... Uh, yeah, it's been
0: a rough year. I'll give it's, you a it's rough been a- year. Thanks. Appreciate that. And now we have verbatim... Verbatim. Chris and Shane's uh, suds and duds. All right. So, Chris,
1: <clears throat> and I quote, dud. Buck Allen, who we may or may not go over in a little while. Yep. Uh, big waiver wire pickup. He's got a majority of his carries because of the game script, in, in Chris's opinion, and they had a huge lead. Which makes sense. I mean, they were yeah. a lead, They ran the ball a ton. I think uh, Joe Flacco only had 15 throws the entire
0: game. Yeah, it was it, 15, 16, something like that. But they had 40 rushing attempts between Terrence West and Buck Allen. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's they, not sustainable, though. No, that's that, that. Those are insane numbers. But I mean.
1: If that's a part of the script, that's yeah how it's going to go. And, uh, I mean, they're facing a pretty good Browns front four,
0: or front seven this week. Yep, and they're, they're, another reason that they ran the ball so much is Joe Flacco is still recovering from a shoulder injury. He's and still not 100%. Yeah. So. And then Chris's sud for the
1: week is, again, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, they're facing the Indianapolis Colts. They don't have Vontae Davis. Um, it does kind of make sense. It's kind of a weak secondary. Yeah.
0: And... It, it, it's a weak defense. I mean, <laughs> you could, this honestly though, while on Larry Fitzgerald, this could be the week for John Brown it to really be, yeah. take back that number two spot that he lost to Jerron Brown, who I believe people think is the same person. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I haven't
1: been, impro- we haven't been proven otherwise, have we?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, I, I think it could be a really good week for Larry Fitzgerald. Definitely a PPR monster. Um, he could see another seven, eight catches this week. But you know the yardage. You know Carson Palmer looked really bad last week against the Lions. I mean, it's. Ugh. It could be, yeah, it could be rough. But. He's definitely not. He he's definitely not riding off into the sunset. He is. He is face to face with the sun. Yeah. <laughs> All right and uh, Chris
1: also had a uh, <clears throat> a bonus extra, round, an extra spicy Sud, uh, Julius Thomas, which I I do kind of like this one. Yeah. Um, the Chargers gave up almost 100 yards to tight ends
0: last week between um AJ Derby, AJ Derby, Jeff Howerman, and, um, and Virgil Green. Yep, and Virgil Green. So between three tight ends that were used in that offense, they gave up about 98 yards. I think.
1: <laughs> which I would say Julius Thomas is better than all three of those tight ends put together. Put together, yeah. Yes. Um. Plus. Spoken, Jake. Huddy
0: loves his tight ends. He loves his tight ends, and he loves his number one receiver. Um, I who do they? Who does Miami play again? Uh, Miami faces the Chargers. Chargers. Chargers have decent linebackers, so it may not be that easy because the Chargers are mostly focused on stopping um Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas in my opinion yeah, I think which that's they did the focus was which they did a pretty good job. and they did a pretty good job at it neither receiver had over 70 yards Mm-mm. which I mean that's to hold an entire team like that is solid but also you got Trevor Simeon under center I mean right this who, is who's to say that I mean Jay Cutler is on the same level as Trevor Simeon right now maybe I mean there's no guarantee what you're getting with Cutler right just that he's going to target his number one a lot right. but I still wouldn't play Devonte Parker
1: no not not <laughs> so much no. Jake the one thing you can count on though is Jake Keller smoking a pack of palm Malls And just chucking the ball Unfiltered. downfield. Unfiltered. Unfiltered, Unfiltered, Unfiltered totally. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and moving on to finally Shane's suds and duds. Uh Shane, my sud is Brandon Cooks. He had three catches for eighty eight yards and that is only going up <laughs> and that's only going up against his former team, uh which is the New Orleans Saints. Uh the Saints do have a very soft second. They have a soft defense. They got tore up by Sammy Biscuits.
0: But, man, that Minnesota offense looked so good. It did.
1: Sam Bradford had time.
0: It, I, he had time to throw. The running lanes were open. Dalvin Cook had over 120 rushing yards in his pro debut. It was, it was a thing of beauty to watch. Stephon Diggs. Except for the fact that I had Drew Brees and Michael Thomas going against Carl and lost <laughs> by, like, six points because – I didn't play Austin Hooper.
1: Yeah, I know. Why Why would you not do that? Who would
0: have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that two catches would have won me a game by at least five points? Yeah, he
1: only had two catches, dude. I don't know what your, what your issue is. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> Shane's dud for the week is uh, Todd Gurley. Um, Gurley's been projected as a top five running back in a lot of outlets, but the combination of you know them playing a better team this week... Um, and I'm. They play Redskins. They play the Redskins, so they're playing a, a better team than the Colts are right now. And he didn't really have a great showing against that Colts team, so it just it's hard to see him having a better week this week. Yeah,
0: I think he once again averaged around three yards a carry. Which it's there's something that isn't isn't clicking right with Todd Gurley. Ever since his rookie season, he has gone now. I think it's around 22 consecutive games without having 100 yards rushing. And it's not like he's missing games with injuries. He just isn't getting it done. Right. And it's, I mean,
1: it's not quite put up or shut up time, but it's getting close. Oh, it's very close. It's very close. I'm, I mean, there's no, it's not like they're bringing in Trey Mason to, you know, compete or anything like that. But. is he still alive? I think so. I think there was a like a Sports Illustrated thing on him,
0: or a ESPN the magazine Good article him. on him, right? But okay, I, he's just, out of jail. Something that just popped in my head: Would it be poetic justice for, let's say, Nick Chubb? Next year to get drafted by the Rams. I would
1: love that. And then oh he steals
0: my. Todd Gurley's job. Oh, my God. That would be
1: beautiful. That would
0: be fantastic.
1: For those of you that don't know, Nick Chubb, if, you were, if you're in a dynasty league, you should be targeting Nick Chubb like a Auburn defender on his knees. Like on Nick Chubb's knees. No, targeting Nick Chubb's knees. Is that a what? Oh, that
0: did, did he get hurt by Auburn?
1: I don't know, but I was I was just using another SEC team. I can't remember. Okay. But um, Nick Chubb blew out his knee last year. Um, in it was it was a rough looking injury. Um, I, I, it might have been Auburn that did that. But anyway, beside the point, Nick Chubb is a very very talented running back. Um, Todd Gurley has even said that Nick Chubb is better than he was while he was at while he was in college. Um, this is a guy that you should be looking for in the, Heisman, in the Heisman race towards the end of the year. No,
0: Right now, that Heisman race belongs to one guy, and that's Lamar Jackson. That's true.
1: Lamar <laughs> Jackson
0: is the guy to beat, and it's going to be tough to beat him. It's going to be tough to beat him off to the Heisman. When you're putting up week one of the college football season, he put up 500 yards of offense by himself throwing and running. He is that team's number one running back as well as their number one quarterback. He is Michael Vick 2.0. Does that mean he's going to be a good pro? No, but that's that's who he is. Um, anyways, now now for our college football podcast, right? Um, well, I mean Lamar Je- or the,
1: he's got a tough challenge facing former nation- or last year's national champions Clemson this this week.
0: Yes, he does. It's going to be a sweet game. Speed on, speed on, speed. Oh,
1: it's going to be such a good game. Okay, we should probably move back back and back up. Sorry, um, this is
0: why we need you, Chris.
1: This is why no we more need kitchen you. mishaps. No more kitchen mishaps um I hope the attachment surgery worked. Um t- <laughs> So that actually does it for all of our suds and duds for this week.
0: Uh oh. let's let's hope that we're all right again and none of us are wrong. Um <laughs> we don't like to be wrong, but you know what? It's fantasy football. Sometimes we're wrong, right? And sometimes you sometimes go down in a
1: blaze of glory, Chris. Sometimes
0: we're Chris with Alvin Kamara. Dang, I you dang, can't. Dang. Oh my god. Chris, you ruined me. Sometimes we are Chris with Kareem Hunt. There you go. Hey. There. Oh, man. You got this? You got this. I never had this problem before until Chris brought up that he had a problem with it.
1: <laughs> so Chris's problem is now your problem. Chris's
0: problem is not my problem. He's I passed it on. S- I swear. I swear. If by the it's end like of this podcast, the Blitz I'm from How it. I Met Your Mother. It's, a, it's left his body and it's it now is. inside of mine. Oh, my God. I am oh, now the Blitz. Exact-
1: that's exactly what you were, the Blitz. Oh, you poor... <laughs> no. All right, uh, so we're moving on to a uh, new topic. Um, this is our, its we're calling it What's On Tap. Um, these are just um, players that you should target on the waiver wire. Um, if you haven't already, these are guys that you should look to pick up who are probably not already on a team. Um, it's going to be a lot of rookies. It's going to be a lot of injury replacement people, but these are people that you should have and, could make an immediate impact if you say lost a David Johnson or a Kevin White. Kevin White. Kevin White. <laughs> uh, the I, only reason you're bringing up Kevin White is because of one of the guys that we have on the list. That's that's it. That's yeah. That's legitimately the only reason. So the first people that we have on, um, it's a tandem. I suppose we probably also could have put Andre Ellington on here too, but nah. um, we've got um, As- Kerwin Williams. Do you know that Sherwin-Williams commercial? Like, ask Sherwin-Williams. Ask Never mind, you don't get it. Um, Curran-Williams and Chris Johnson. Yes, CJ2K. He's back, baby. He got re-signed by the uh, Arizona Cardinals after they released him because they thought Curran-Williams was going to be the number two guy. Um,
0: And surprise, surprise, David Johnson goes down week one, and now they're like, oh, CJ, we need you again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... From what I've heard, williams they're saying that Kerwin Williams is the guy, but it's going to be more of a... It's going to be a committee. Com- backfield by committee. It's going to be a tandem attack.
0: It could literally be 40-40-20 between CJ Kerwin Williams and Andre, Andre Ellington. Yeah, Andre Ellington's going to get the third down bits. Sometimes. Some it and,
1: It's so hard. It's hard to say. You just,
0: can't put that guy on the field because he is another one that will just get hurt.
1: Right. Oh my god. Um...
0: I remember yeah. one year when Scott didn't he make him a first round pick in XFL?
1: I don't remember that. I would ha- I'm gonna look that up. It
0: was either a first or second round pick that he made in our uh, our keeper league that we have. Um, and yet, yeah, needless to say, it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, moving on
1: to our next uh, player on tap, we've got Kenny Galladay, wide receiver, Detroit Lions. Um he was kind of a preseason darling because he was having a really good preseason yep. and then I don't know if it was um if Col- it was, Jim caldwell or like coach Bout, speak it was coach Speak they were like yeah we're, we've only got we're only using him in you know certain packages that uh yep. which he is technically their number four guy he's not even their slot guy because they've got golden Tate they've got
0: uh, well they'll they would move Tate into the slot once Galladay comes on the field. He is their wide receiver three, because otherwise they have Andre Roberts, which he is not their wide receiver three anymore. Right. Um, But Galladay had seven targets. He had four catches. What was it? I know he had two touchdowns, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And he had how many yards? Like 85, 90, something like that? Uh, My computer's moving. Yeah, something like that. Um, But, I mean, he's a guy that you're not going to play this week because they are going up against the Giants, who held Dez Bryant to three catches for, like, 50 yards. Um, and he's you know their number one receiver. Yeah. The Giants have corners for days. Yes, um, yes they do. So don't plan to play him this week, but definitely keep him stashed. He could easily wind up taking over for Marvin Jones as that deep threat red zone receiver. Um, he his production kind of dwarfed Eric Ebron too. Mm-hmm. Eric Ebron had one catch for nineteen yards. I think I, I, it was bad. Yeah, the dude's He's got... Been, yeah, it made him one catch for 14 yards. It was just... It wasn't good. Yeah, Kenny Galladay's got small small school
1: skills. Speaking of small school skills, um, from the Chicago Bears, running back Tariq Cohen burst onto the sea. Yes, he did. Um, I know I was watching the Bears game with Shane. Shane has Jordan Howard in our big dynasty league that we're in, Yep, and he was very nervous for um, Tariq Cohen t- to be... Uh, hitting stride, so to speak. He almost outsnapped Jordan Howard. He did almost out outsnap Jordan Howard. Um this dude's kind of a, a jack of all trades. He had over a hundred all purpose all purpose yards. Yep. Um he looked good as being a wide receiver too. Um, they lined it up lined him up out wide. Um he ran some good routes. He almost had a sweet touchdown catch in the end zone, but it was just good defense that um prevented it. Uh he's Especially as a PPR um, option, he's definitely a nice pickup. Um, start him as a flex play. Obviously, we'll see how you know things go. But I yeah. think for starters, he's a
0: nice plug-and-play flex play. If you're a Jordan Howard owner, I think he is a must-have. Mm-hmm. Um, for I, sure. And I know it's it's kind of crazy to say this after one week of production, but the way that you saw him get used in that game warrants him... Being added onto a roster, Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm in four leagues, and I think he was added in all four leagues. Yeah, I mean he he warrants being added onto rosters right now. It's it's tough because of the fact that he is five foot six, but he's also not like 150 pounds like Day Day Westbrook. Yeah, he is. He's actually built. I think he's around 190, 190, 195 at six or at five foot six. So he's short. Are the chances of him being a number one running back ever really high? No, but but I, neither was Danny Dar- Woodhead. Neither it was Darren I mean, both of those guys are shorter guys that have succeeded being PPR backs. Mm-hmm. So don't count him out just because he's short. Uh, he's he was really solid in against a, a pretty good Atlanta defense week one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna stick with this stick with the Chicago Bears
1: some more. Um, we put Kendall Wright on here, um, mainly because there's really no one else to catch to catch footballs from Mike Glennon right now.
0: You got Zach Miller, the tight end, but that's about it. There's
1: no one else.
0: There's no other wide receiver. Oh, at you at lost least at Victor Ward. Cruise, you lost Cameron Meredith, you lost Kevin White. You literally have Kendall Wright now.
1: It's I mean, it's a very thin receiving core, and targets have to go somewhere. You, I know they're going to be playing from behind this year. They're, I mean, they put up a hell of a fight against the. Yeah, Atlanta a Falcons. Closer than
0: I thought. Fight against Atlanta for sure. It was a great game. Like it was. Yeah. It I, was. It was sloppy, but it was entertaining because it was close.
1: And, and it was at Soldier Field, so any game yeah. at Soldier Field's going to be sloppy. Yep. Um, but yeah. So Kennel Wright, solid. Um, and then our last uh, big waiver wire pickup. We said. Chris says he is going to be a dud. However, he's still not a bad pickup. Uh, Javorius Buck Allen yep. uh, running back from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he's kind of going to take over that um, pass catching spot. Um, and running. Spot. he, I, Did he out-touch or did he outrun um Terrence West last week?
0: I think he had more yards, but West had the touchdown. Yeah, West had the touchdown, which made him technically more fantasy relevant. But I mean, it's gonna take take probably two to three weeks. Um, by week by week four, I think we would have a really good idea of what Baltimore is doing. Yeah. Um, just in time for Danny, Woodhead we'll to come back in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But as far as running the ball, I think we'll have a really good good idea by week three, by week four.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say he's. I mean, someone's got to get touches with. Both uh, Danny Woodhead and Kenneth Dixon out. Yeah. So I mean, you've got Javorius Allen, you've got Terrence West. Yep.
0: And they're still, tr- as we said, as we mentioned earlier, they're still trying to nurse Joe Flacco back to health. So they're trying to make him throw the ball as little as he can. And if they can run with the efficiency that they ran with last week, they're they're gonna be okay. Yeah, they
1: should be fine. All right. So that's all for what's on tap. You know what time it is, Zach? What time is it, It's time for the Wheel of Destiny. Well, not really, Wheel of Destiny. So, (laughs) we have a Wheel app, and we're going to be covering, uh, since there's only two of us, we're going to be covering four of the NFL games, just because with there not being any bye weeks, it's going to take us forever to...
0: Last week, going through an hour, took us an hour and a half to go through, but took an hour to go through 15 games. Ain't nobody got time for that right
1: you know the games that you're going to want to go through you can look up the games that you want to go through we are going to randomly select four games uh from the uh week two schedule and kind of go over them go over you know people that we like people that we don't
0: like what we think is going to happen just throughout the game yep so um because there's as carl said there's only two of us we're going to be alternating here um carl i'll let you have the first game on the wheel um, God, I hope you get the Jets. I hope it's um, not the.
1: Come on, no Niners, Seahawks, no Jets. Who, who are the Jets even facing? I don't. It even, doesn't
0: matter. They're gonna lose. Oh, it's. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> the Jets. Oh, are, the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders. Okay, so. Uh, all right, here we go. Are you ready for your first spin? All right, let's hear it. All right. Big money,
1: Miami. Big number. real
0: noise. All right, you get the Chargers and the Dolphins. Chargers,
1: Dolphins. All right. Not a bad start. Not a bad start. Could be a. Could be a lot worse. Um, so going into this, it's the first game for uh the Miami Dolphins this year. Um, Jay Cutler's is finally debuting as the uh quarterback. You got Jay Ajayi at running back against a. Alright, San Diego Chargers defense. Um they gave up a decent amount um against CJ Anderson, Jamal Charles, that running attack from Denver last week. But
0: sorry, Jamal Charles,
1: Denver just I forget that he's there. Yeah, right. Um, but I think I think the Chargers are gonna get this. Phillip Rivers, um, he had only had hundred and ninety two yards, but he had three touchdowns last week. Um, Melvin I mean, I guess Chris was saying the receivers were dropping a lot of balls for San Diego. Yeah, so I mean, oh, sorry, I, <laughs> LA. L.A. So it, if they can hold on to the ball, Keen, um, if you know Keenan, Keenan Allen can stay healthy, I think the Chargers are going to do this. Um, I think your top.
0: It, it's hard to Who's say your top three fantasy point scores from this game. I would say Jay Ajayi, uh, Melvin Gordon, and I.
1: Well, this is this is just me steering away from quarterbacks. Okay, um, just, which is fair because the quarterbacks are going to be the quarterbacks. top. Um, and then i I think Julius Thomas really okay. I, I think Julius Thomas has a big game. Um, I I really like that pick from Chris um, as a stud, and I think I think that's going to be good. I think Philip Rivers has a better game than Jay Cutler, if that says anything. But I still think that it it doesn't doesn't say say, it doesn't say much. But (laughs) I think that's um, that's how that's gonna go. It'll just be interesting to see Miami
0: actually play a game since we didn't get to see them week one because of Irma and everything. So yeah. Um, All right. Anything else? Do you you play either of these defenses? No. I mean, what about Parker and Landry?
1: I I like Jarvis Landry more than I like Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker's got that nice boom-bust appeal. Which Jay um, Cutler loves. Which Jay Cutler does love but Jay Cutler also misses on his throws more times than not and so I feel like just because it is Smoke and Jay Cutty the opportunity is there for Devontae Parker to have a huge game, to have a huge season for that matter Um, but I would rather take the reliability of Jarvis Landry over the Boomer Bust, and that's just me being more on the conservative side and not wanting to like. I like the quote unquote
0: guaranteed points versus the what could be. Yep, I'm the same way. I'm a I'm a play it safe kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason why Parker concerns me this week is because of Jason Verrett and mm-hmm. Casey Hayward. I mean, they've got really good corners on both sides of the field. So you got Desmond King at safety. Yeah, and he's looked really solid for the Chargers too. Um, he has. Former Iowa boy that is near and dear to Carl's heart. Yep. Should um, he
1: should have come out the year before and sh- would have been a would have been a first round pick. Would have been a first round pick.
0: pick. Um, but concerns due to size, whatever. This is this isn't an IDP right. podcast, but um, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't I don't really have any arguments with anything you said there. Well, all right, it's your turn to. Uh, Spin the wheel of destiny.
1: Ugh. The wheel of games. All right. Who do you are want to play again
0: here? Do, 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 do. <sighs> oh, please tell me you got the Niner Seahawks. I didn't. I got Indianapolis, Arizona. <laughs> not much better. Uh, no. Um, okay, so don't start anybody for Indy. <laughs> um, I'm not even kidding. I, I would not start a single Indianapolis player. Even but, if Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback? Even if Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback. He's been there for a week and a half. Um, it's got to be better than Scott Tolzien. You don't know. Go with the devil you know, not the devil you don't. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> maybe they'll pull a, a Bill O'Brien and pull you know Tolzien halfway through the game and give it to Brissett afterwards. Who knows? Um, they're saying Brissett might even be the starter. Yeah, they're saying in. right now they're splitting fifty-fifty reps in practice. Um, on the other side of the ball with the Cardinals, I think that John Brown is probably the sneakiest play of this game. Um, I think he could just go off as far as yardage goes. I could easily see him having having six to seven catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, their their defense is just lacking talent, you could say, is the nice way to put it. <laughs> is that how you would um, also You also could say that they are all terrible without Vontae Davis. Um, and then start Larry Fitzgerald PPR, I could see him having another... You know, seven catch, eighty yard week, maybe mm-hmm. throwing a touchdown there too. Um, I don't start the Arizona backfield because you just don't know yet. I wouldn't start either Kerwin Williams, CJ two K, sorry CJ no K, or uh, Andre Ellington. I wouldn't start any of them. Um, Palmer is an okay okay starter this week just because of the how bad the team is he's going up against. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely don't start Scott Tolzien either. No, that's a that's a tough defense. To Arizona's got, defense, though, if you guys have leagues that you're playing in, defense playing with defense, Arizona's defense could be could be a thirty point defense this week. Yeah, I mean the Rams had a sweet defense last week. Rams had two pick sixes. They had a handful of sacks. Mm-hmm. They made Scott Tolzien look like a preschool quarterback. That's about right. And I I didn't mean high school. I meant preschool. Do you
1: think anything comes about the? Uh, I it, it's tough, but. Um, anything from the
0: Indianapolis running game between Frank Gore and Marlon Mack? No. Um, I. You can't run the ball when you're not winning games. It's true. That's, um, yeah. And until Luck gets back, I, I'm feeling very confident to say they will not win a game unless they play the Jets. And even then, maybe. Ooh. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. So that that's really all I have. Uh, I would say top three point getters for this one are going to be obviously all Arizona I would say Larry Fitzgerald then um John Brown and after that I mean Carson Palmer (laughs) that's that's about what I'm gonna give their fantasy starters yeah sounds about right all right Carl you ready for your next wheel of destiny pick bring it on
1: No, don't... No. I can't read it. No! Seattle's going to win. So I've got the uh, San Francisco 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks.
0: Woof. Um... And I thought mine was bad. There's no way Seattle loses this game, right? You would like to say that, but did you see them play against Green Bay? They kept it close for the most part. I, they, I, they, it was close because neither offense was doing shit.
1: It was also well. That says and something I'm not about, sorry, Kyle. That says something about to me. That says more about Seattle's defense. Um, okay, Seattle's defense did a very good job of. Holding Aaron Rodgers at bay. Um, They did pick him off, which hasn't happened at home in forever. They should have gotten a pick six had it not been for a terrible, a couple of terrible penalties that weren't really penalties
0: yeah i didn't watch the game because i was actually out at a movie but i did hear that there were some pretty questionable calls there were some
1: questionable calls and then who who got ejected um lane I jeremy think, lane. Jer- jeremy lane yeah, so they lost their supposedly sec-
0: punching Devontae adams in the face yeah it was more of a shove yeah but um so they
1: lost their second cornerback essentially halfway through you know end of the first quarter maybe so i mean they were playing without him they had a rookie at um, I'm the opposite of Richard Sherman. Sure. Um, aside from that, their offense t- couldn't really get much going, which I'm not sure if that says something about their offense or that says more about the <laughs> Packers defense.
0: Yeah. Let, let's just say this, this ain't going to be pretty. No, it's not going to be a, even if it, even when it becomes a blowout, it's not going to be a pretty blowout. Um, I think Seattle's defense has a sweet
1: game though. Um, just because... You Brian, don't say. Well, yeah. Brian Horrier's not exactly Peyton Manning back there. Well, he's um, Peyton
0: Manning just in Peyton Manning's last year.
1: Just chucking knuckleballs. Throwing uh, ducks. Just... <laughs> clay, he
0: likes to play weeble wobble with his throat. Just clay pigeons everywhere. Um, um What do you think of the running game? Because there's talk about Thomas Rawls coming back this I think,
1: week. I think if Thomas... Well, the thing is, no one did anything last week to help...
0: Be like, Chris Parson did. Chris Carson led the team in rushing and rushing attempts. Uh, no. Uh, Russell Wilson led the team in rushing. Oh, are you serious? Yes, he had 40
1: yards, which is more than both Carson. It's more than the rest but, of the team. What
0: did, what did Chris Carson have? Because um, I'm pretty sure he finished well. I mean, for the amount of carries he got. For, for the amount of carries
1: he got. Um, let me pull that up super quick. Um, well, barring internet
0: here? While you're pulling that up, what do you think about the, um, the tight ends of the wide receivers? Do you start Doug Baldwin? Um, I think you start, I would, the only real
1: starter on that offense, I feel, is Russell Wilson. Um, okay. no one else really did anything to show that they could do anything. Um, I mean, Doug, Doug you like gotta like the upside of Doug Baldwin, uh, I, who does always seem to play well against my Niners. Yep. Um, so Chris Carson had six attempts for 39 yards.
0: Okay. But I mean, still that's over six th- yards of carry six,
1: six and a half. He had five for three yards. Yeah, he had five for three yards. CJ Prosex had four for 11. Um, I, the only, if Thomas Rawls is back, Thomas Rawls is a starting
0: running back. In my opinion, I agree that he's a starting running back, but I don't think he gets the full workload because he hasn't really been shown to be made of stone. He's been shown to be made of glass throughout his career so far. Right. And so, given that fact, I
1: do think that I Thomas Rawls gets the majority of the carries, is what I'm okay. saying, when he gets yeah. back. I'm, I'm game with that. So, I would say, as far as top three point scorers, I'm going to go with Seattle's defense. Um, Fair. I am going to go with Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson yeah. could have a very stellar game, if nothing else, running for his life. Yes, because
0: um, oh boy, does their offensive line suck. It's bad. and then they lost their they lost their starting left tackle that was not that good to begin with during preseason. Mm-hmm. Then I think they lost another lineman on Sunday. I'm pretty sure they lost another one to injury on Sunday. So it's just it's uh, they kind of suck right now. It's it's Pete rough. Carroll's uh, castle is falling
1: apart there very quickly mm-hmm. in Seattle. I think if anyone does have a good game receiving wise, it might be Jimmy Graham. Okay. I think he would be, um, I do like, well, I mean, I like that San Francisco. You would take him over back.
0: Doug Baldwin? Because I would take Doug Baldwin personally over Jimmy Graham. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with Jimmy Graham. I'm going okay.
1: to stick by my guns here. All right. Um, I, it's not that I don't like Doug Baldwin. I just like Jimmy Graham better. Yeah, fair. So I'm game okay with that. All right. So moving on to our final game. Mm. All right. Oh, at least while well, I know it can't be as bad as the last two. Yeah, I hate you.
0: Oh, I suppose you had one of those two. Yep, come on, give us one to talk about. All right, and we get to talk about Thursday night football. Oh, the Houston Texans versus the Cincinnati Bengals who got blanked. Yes. Um. How do you get blanked with when there's so much parody in the league nowadays? I, That's unreal. You know how you get blanked by throwing balls into other teammates' helmets. That's um, makes and sense. then having it fly up 40 yards in the air, only to be caught by a defender. Um, okay, so we'll start off with the Houston side of the ball because I want to save the worst for last. Huh. Um, you have Deshaun Watson starting starting his first game. He technically did play the last one for a half, but he is getting his first start. He did. He was a little hobbled this week at practice. I think he had an ankle injury, but um, the the Texans don't seem to be too concerned. Let's hope they sign Dwayne Brown so they don't get another three and a half sacks by the right end that is hmm. supposed to be covering, um, saving Deshaun Watson's hide. Uh I'm not looking for a huge game out of him, maybe 220 yards passing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a big, big rise up for DeAndre Hopkins, um, mainly because there are no tight ends for Deshaun Watson to throw to because all three of their starting tight ends are out this week, um, whether it be concussions, knee injuries, ankle injuries, they are out. Yep. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a solid play. Um, Lamar Miller, I think, is a really good play this week just because of the fact that one, look at what Baltimore's running game did to Cincinnati last week. True. They clearly showed they are not the same run-stopping team they were in years past. Um, and Lamar Miller didn't have a terrible game last week. He didn't get in the end zone, but he did have, I think, around 80, 90 total yards. Uh, total yards, yeah. Um, he had 65 yards rushing. And then he had how many how many receiving? Because I, I know he had like five catches at least. Um, I am pulling that up. Okay. Um, so while Carl pulls that up, I think, as I said, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, could have a really good game this week. Pac-Man Jones comes back, but with how bad the rest of that defense looked last week, where I'm not too worried about that. Uh, Lamar Miller had uh, two receptions on two targets for 31 yards. Okay, so he had he had 96 total yards, yeah. which, so, yeah, that's... I mean, that's – and plus the two receptions, that's double digits in PPR. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a guy that you most likely didn't draft to be your number one running back? Um, Carl's face just, he did his O face, so I'm wondering what, what's going on. If
1: you had to guess how many times DeAndre Hopkins was targeted last week, how many times would you say? 14. Uh, higher. Higher? He was targeted 16 times. He only had five catches? He had seven catches. Oh, seven catches. Seven catches for 55 yards and a touchdown,
0: but that's insane, he was targeted 16 times. Are we gonna see the DeAndre Hopkins that we saw a couple years ago get targeted like 195 times? I think we are, because... (laughs)
1: Because looking at the other targets C.J. Fedoros had four Lamar Miller had two uh, Tyler Irvin and Steven Anderson Both had five respectively
0: Wow, Tyler Irvin got involved, huh?
1: Apparently Uh, Well, barely He had four catches for 18 yards His longest catch was six yards
0: Still probably about more in production Than he had all last year That's true Um, That's 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 insane (laughs) Yeah, that's nuts Moving on to the Cincinnati side of the ball No, that's fine Um, Don't start anybody but A.J. Green I would say, is my my bit of advice. Um, and even A.J. Green, I am not 100% confident in starting because the Texans have a good defense. Yeah. Even though they did give up quite a bit to the Jags last week, that was a lot of the Jags doing their work on defense versus the Houston, Houston Texans really failing on offense. Yeah, the Jags... Tom, or sorry, one second here. Tom Savage put them in very bad situations last week, which is why he got benched. Bill O'Brien said... He was holding on to the ball too long. He took six sacks in the first half. I mean, he was doing rookie things in what was his fourth or fifth year. Mm -hmm. So that's why he got benched. I think that there's a little bit of a bounce back this week for Houston's team. I definitely see them taking this week for sure. Um, But the only person I start on that offense, maybe in PPR start Giovanni Bernard just because he did show last week that he was still getting the catches. Um, But don't start Joe Mixon. Don't start Jeremy Hill. Don't start Tyler Eifert just don't definitely don't start Andy Dalton. Geo's is also their uh, rushing leader
1: with, uh, 40 yards on seven carries, which is man. How, how far has Jeremy Hill fallen from grace?
0: How just, okay. There, there's a new rule that I'm going to put into place and I'm actually going to steal this from somebody else. <laughs> okay. If you have three running backs, you don't have one. I,
1: I know. I just heard that. I heard that somewhere. Um, I, Yes, it I, was Colin
0: Coward, I think. It was, I I heard it on K Fan. Okay, maybe 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 it was K Fan then. But but if, if you, you have three running backs, you don't have one. Look at these teams that are utilizing three running backs, with the exception of the Patriots, because they are always an exception to the rule. You have this uh, Baltimore Ravens. You got mediocre production out of the out of their guys. Mm-hmm. You have the Cincinnati Bengals. You got mediocre production out of all three of their guys. Who else employs a three-headed rushing attack? Um, um, the uh, New England Patriots. No, the New Orleans Saints. I said oh, no New way. England's the exception to the rule. Oh, sorry, I missed yeah, that. No, New England's the exception to the rule. Um, oh, and New, New Orleans. Orleans Saints. they No running back had more than, I think, eight carries on Monday night against the Vikings. You cannot get consistent plays if you're swapping out guys every single time. Mm-hmm. You can't have it. That's why it sucks for these guys to be in fantasy because if you had Mark Ingram splitting time with Alvin Kamara, or Adrian Peterson splitting time, Adrian Peterson splitting time with Mark Ingram, that would be fine. I am okay with two-headed rushing attacks. Look at what Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey did. Oh yeah, they did okay. They both looked good. Man. Yeah, they both looked solid because it was only two of them. Yes, it wasn't three guys getting equal carries when you're trying to split up twenty carries a game. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was my little rant.
1: No, it's all good. I mean, between the three-headed attack, they only managed seventy-five yards last week. Um, and o- only one of them had a run of over 20 yards, and that was Gio. Yeah. Um, so, so half of his yards
0: came on one carry. Half of, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I will say Gio was only targeted in the passing game twice.
0: Granted, really? that
1: passing game didn't really get going yeah. at all. Um, AJ Green had 10 targets, but Gio... Andy Geo, Dalton threw more picks than Giovanni Bernard had catches. More than Giovanni Bernard had targets. Oh, Jesus. Um, Joe Mixon had three catches... They have three people on their offense named Tyler.
0: Tyler Tyler Boyd, Boyd, Tyler Eifert. Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft, that's right. I forgot about Croft. All right, so uh, who do you got? Who are your top three guys? Uh, Top three guys, I'm going to go DeAndre Hopkins. um, Then I'm going to go AJ Green. Mm -hmm. And then Houston's defense. I like it. Well, cool. All right, so
1: those are the only games that we will uh, be previewing obviously when we get into bye weeks it'll be a little
0: bit easier to yeah to preview more of the games and although i kind of like this i think we should keep going with this i, I do like this too um it's, it's a it's a it's a crap shoot i mean you guys already know if you're listening to this there's a solid chance that you already know who you're gonna be playing or who are not you're just getting a little bit of extra advice here right now um And honestly, I think that the the guys that we gave advice on were more of the tougher ones. Yeah, absolutely. Like the guys that you're like, do I play them, do I not? I mean, it would have been fun to get, you know, Minnesota and Pittsburgh, but, or even uh, New England and New Orleans, but I mean, those are guys that you already know you're going to be starting. Exactly. So now that we're moving
1: towards the uh, end of the, towards the back half of the podcast here, um... I'm a couple beers in, so my beer goggles are on. So it's time to look at some guys that maybe don't look the greatest, but you know what? I'm not. I'm not upset getting after them.
0: Oh, Carl! Please say it how I said it last night. <laughs> Come on, it was good.
1: I don't have it. I don't have it readily available. I'm sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. Um, t- it's time to put on your beer goggles and get behind someone who will perform better than they look. Punch. <laughs> I don't know. With beer, nope, not getting into this conversation. Yep, nope, that, not
0: not the right forum.
1: Nope, slippery slope. <laughs> so the first guy who maybe doesn't look the greatest, but I think will have a good week, um, Martavius Bryant. Yeah. Um, you look at, obviously, there, so the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are facing the Minnesota Vikings this week. As a Minnesota Vikings fan, it kind of pains me to say that. Um, he's going to have a good week, but I, I think this is a case that, the New Orleans Saints had a weird play calling. Had a lot of weird play calling last week. Yeah, you were actually at the Vikings. I was game. at. I was at the game. It was a lot of fun because the Vikings were winning. Um, but I think that this week a lot of the attention is going to obviously get brought to um, Antonio Brown, who you know he was the
0: top. He was the top wide receiver last week. He had he had
1: like eleven well, catches, a lot of catches for 180
0: for 100. yards. It's not that good,
1: but he didn't score a touchdown.
0: Yeah, he didn't score a touchdown. So I mean, he's worthless, right? Yeah, totally.
1: Um, yeah, if you want to get rid of him in any league, you totally no. That do not take that advice. Um, no. So I, Martavis Bryant's a good pick. Um, a lot of the attention is going to be focused towards Antonio Brown. So I think that's going to leave him open. Trey Wayne's is not the. It's he, not good. He's he's not great. Um, Remember when they
0: drafted him over Marcus Peters, Carl? I
1: stop. I was watching that, and I was so upset.
0: We were all watching that. <sighs> that was when we found out Stefan Diggs is the number one receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a long story. We'll that, that's that. a
1: very long story for another day. Um, I, I Like I said, a lot of the attention is going to be focused on Antonio Brown, so I think it's going to leave Mortavius Bryant, who is a very talented wide receiver, a lot of opportunities to perform and to make some big plays against a very good Minnesota Vikings defense. I'm confident in saying that they have a very
0: good defense. Yeah. um, I I don't hate the pick with Martavis Bryant at all. I think it's great. Except you you did forget to mention one thing, why he's a solid pick. Pittsburgh is at home. That means Ben Roethlisberger will actually have a good game. It's true. He is garbage on the road. I said that last week. I told you that Ben Roethlisberger was on the road last week. Granted, he finished with around 16, 17 points. But he also threw a, re- threw a bad interception, and the offense just did not look good. I was hoping to see a really good game because two of my favorite players in the NFL are on the Pittsburgh Steelers with mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, but they just they didn't look good. Davis Bryant had a couple drops, too. I remember yep. watching that during the game. I mean, but it's also his first game back in a year and a half. Right. I mean... And Cleveland actually looked pretty good. Yeah. Cleveland looked concerned. like they have potential.
1: All right, moving down the list, um, a guy who did kind of perform a little bit last week, um, but it was kind of on broken plays, uh, Nelson Aguilar. Do you want to take?
0: Yeah, um, so I threw Nelson Aguilar in there because of the fact that he is he is the slot guy with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, who do they play again this week, Carl? Uh, the Eagles are facing, um, why am I blanking on this? I'm looking right now, uh, uh, the Chiefs. The Chefs, yes. Yep. The Eagles are playing the Chiefs, and as we mentioned earlier, Eric Berry's out, um, which will help Zach Ertz, but that will also help the production of Nelson Aguilar because you don't have that deep guy that's going to be able to stop the middle of the field anymore. Um, Aguilar had a really good game last week. I mean this this could be the year where he's finally starting to click. So you know, while his first two years of production weren't really anything too special, uh, maybe he's finally maybe he's finally getting it, and he's finally becoming a NFL wide receiver and. You know, it's going to be it's gonna be nice to see that because you just don't see a lot of USC receivers having good games. Um, and I actually just thought of one more after you go with your next guy, Carl. So, yeah, I mean, pick up Nelson Aglore. I, I think to this week's an okay week to start him. Um, they are against the Chiefs in Arrowhead, though. So yeah. it could be a little ugly. Um, but, but I think...
1: Put him in your flex. Put him in your flex. Marcus Peters is going to be focusing on Alshon Jeffrey. Yep. Um so that's going to take attention off of him. Um, so for the next guy, uh, we're going with Chris Hogan from the New England Patriots. With all the injuries that are attacking the New England uh, wide receiving core right now, uh, Danny Amendola has a concussion. Um, Julian Evans Jul- out, Ed- out, out for the year. Um Malcolm Mitchell's out Yep For Through at least week eight for, Through at least week eight So that leaves Brandon Cooks as the obvious Number one guy Then it leaves it pretty Empty be- Then you um, have all the running backs Then you've got Well then you've got the running backs <laughs> After
0: Cooks you literally have All the running backs You don't have anybody else
1: Well you've got Chris Hogan Then you've got yeah. um Philip Dorsett Who they just traded. Oh yeah I
0: forgot about Philip Dorsett
1: But I mean he's just He just got there So that's yeah. Tough um but Chris Hogan is the guy he showed flashes last year of kind of being that Julian Edelman, that scrapy gym rat, that dude that used to play lacrosse and now
0: So you're saying he's white.
1: Yes. Okay. Um he is a about a five foot ten white guy. Yeah. Fair uh, enough. But he again, he shows those um, he's that Wes Welker type who's yeah. not afraid to go across the middle and make those catches, and he can run after the catch. Yeah. Um, if it, you're in a PPR league, he's a solid pick for um PPR for a flex spot in case you have some of these guys that are out with injury and you weren't able to pick up, you know, a Kenny Galladay or a Turk Cohen, um, or or uh,
0: Buck Allen. Yeah. I know. I I got, I got that. Um, so the next guy that I just actually thought of, it's actually kind of two guys here. Um, so I'm gonna cheat a little bit. I'm going to go with Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns. Um, Maybe not for this week. I I do kind of like Marquise Lee this week, but um, Alan Hearns two weeks ago was the number four receiver on the depth chart. And then injuries, he is with injuries. He's now the number two. Um, J.D. Westbrook is on IR uh, for the first eight weeks. And Alan Robinson's out for the year with, you know, a torn ACL Um, injuries suck, but they move other guys up the depth chart. And if they're not, Blake Bortles will still be thrown um, to his... Over there. And they just lost their number one linebacker with Ralph Freeman. He's out for the year. Um, who had a Pro Bowl season last year, but yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not great, but they're not horrible. But it's going to be fun to see how the Bucks' offense looks. This is one of my this is the team I wanted to watch last week, and it was kind of bummed when they did play. But you know, hurricanes happen, I guess. No, I mean this. This is one of the mo- one of the youngest offenses in the NFL, and they they really have an opportunity to shine here. Davis um, Wins is going into his third year. Mike Evans is going into a support theory. If you look at Evans' numbers, they've went up and up each year. Um, Doug Martin is serving suspension right now, so it's going to be the Jocelyn's Rogers show for next couple weeks. Oh, Corey Davis, my boy. My boy, Corey Davis. There's there's a few men that I've had fantasy football man crushes on, and Corey Davis is one. His rookie week, was rookie year this year, week one last week came out, played about, I think it was a, just over 50% of the snaps. I think it was around 60% of the snaps. But he had, you know, six six catches for over 60 yards, which in PPR, that's either almost double-league points or that is double-league points. That is solid for a flex. Um, and that's his week one. I mean and he was going against a middle-of-the-road open Raiders defense. Not a bad team by any means, but this week he gets to go against the Jaguars, who granted had a fantastic first week, but I'm going to attribute that somewhat to how bad the Texans were on offense um, with Tom Savage, more than I am about how fantastic the Jags were on defense. But I, I think it's a solid week for him because he's going to be, you know, playing in the slot. They're going to use him everywhere on the field, with the exception of in the backfield. So he's a guy that you can see getting another five, six catches for six or seven yards. I'm actually going to skip trivia this week, and I'm just going to give us uh, some fun fantasy football facts. Uh, so, fun fact number one, four defenses scored 20-plus points in ESPN's standard score. Yeah. Yep. 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 Who oh, got skunked? yep, there you go (laughs) the last one's going to be a little bit tougher but the last one was a divisional game if that helps it was (laughs) yep, Fletcher Cox's stat line one one tackle one sack, one force fumble, one fumble recovery one touchdown (laughs) um so that was that was interesting, I thought. So the second fun fact of the week, and this is just to show you pretty much how gross week one was. And mind you, this number is equal to one-third of the league. Ten quarterbacks scored ten or less points in fantasy week one. That is one-third of your NFL, your passing league NFL, scoring ten or less points. You know who else is included in that ten or less points? Are your ears burning? I hope they're burning. Um, and then last week uh, we have <laughs> this. This is going to sound really funny, and Carl, I think you'll appreciate this. Here is the list in order for the top seven Week One wide receivers based on ESPN score. Number one, Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Number two, Tyreek the Freak Hill. Number three, Antonio Brown. Standards. Number four, Kenny Galladay. Number five, Adam Thielen. Number six, Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Number seven, I think it's Dante Fowler. Not Dante Fowler. Penny Fowler? Some Fowler from the Broncos who had two touchdown catches. Was your number seven overall receiver for week one of the 2017 NFL Fantasy Football year. And then, well, I guess a couple other fun facts that we were talking about before. Only five running backs in week one had 100-yard games. Three of them were rookies, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and Kareem Hunt. I got it this time. I got it. The blitz is gone. Um, and what was, did you say, what was it, five receivers had over 100 yards, five or six? Six pass catchers had <laughs> over 100 yards. Thank you for clarifying. No so we had Austin Hooper, Antonio Brown, Danny Dola, yep. who had exactly 100 yards. Um, then we had Golden Tate, who had 107 roughly. Um, Tyreek Hill, yep. And then, let me say the last one. And so, oh, hold on. I thought yeah. I had already said Yeah, so... I mean, it was just it was a crazy week one in fantasy. Oh, yeah, here you go. Oh. And he completed, like, 27 of 35 passes, something like that. 28 to 35. Sam Bradford and Alex Smith who are your number one quarterbacks in the week. What a country.
1: What a country.
0: It's a great time to be America.
1: Great uh, well I, to
0: I am good. Um hopefully we have a little bit better week two. Um, hopefully we don't have to give you as more of fun facts next week as uh, we, got here. we might actually do that for the for the regular season, for fantasy season. We um, might do more fun facts yeah. instead of trivia. Okay. We'll save the trivia for the off season. Well, week. and next week we should be three quarters full again, at least. So, okay. all right, see you guys next week. Yeah. Good luck.